1: Man, I am glad to see you. It is a super fun day. You are going to have a good day today. Uh, we are continuing in our series Christian Concarne as we look at what it looks like to be um, a, a person of faith with actual flesh on. And uh, And so we're going to look through that. I also, I need a volunteer from this service, not here, but if you if you speak Spanish fluently... Uh, I need you and have a good accent. I need you to come help me because all my Spanish-speaking friends are so tired of hearing me pronounce Christian Concarne wrong. So uh, so I need your help. I've got, a, I've got a fun idea. So come up and find me uh, after the service. We're going to do something uh, kind of fun. So uh, this is uh, this Sunday. You're going to get to see with that. You're going to get to see baptisms. So that's going to be awesome. So yeah. So three baptisms after this service. Uh, actually, probably a lot more uh, next Sunday. Uh, my daughter, my adult daughter Olivia, and I are going to be preaching on uh, parenting together. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, we we've been working on that for several weeks. I started out and I was like just look, just tell me all the things I did wrong. And uh, that was a long conversation. I mean, we were, we were dragging it on. So, so we're, we're going to talk about that. And then uh, the following week uh, is Father's Day. And I'm not creative uh, by nature, really. And so I told our staff, hey, I want to do something fun for Father's Day. And they came up with this idea. You're going to love it. I'm telling you, dads, you're going to love it, and and so uh, it is a surprise, so I'm not going to give it away, but I'm not just, like, sometimes you think of me as a pastor, like, I was a dude long before I was a pastor, and so I'm like, that is awesome. I've sent it to all my dude friends what we're doing. A lot of other churches are actually going to do it, and so uh, you're going to love it, so it's going to be a great time. So we're going to look today uh, at how God works in our life, when I was first Uh, living for the Lord in college, I was extremely bothered by my testimony. I was bothered because for four years I was not living for Jesus, and everywhere I went, the words out of my mouth, the thoughts of my heart and mind, the actions of my body would never lead someone to Jesus Christ, would never glorify God. Everything that I did was, was a violation of who he was. And when I started living for Jesus, I was so bothered by the wasted opportunity. I was so bothered how I had, I had really witnessed, I had been an evangelist for sin. It bothered me. And so I decided to, to do something about it. I decided to have a Bible study I didn't know what that meant, but I wanted to tell the same people that I had been leading astray about what God had done for me. So I went to a Christian bookstore, and I said, I want to have a Bible study, but I don't know how to do that. Do you have like a, like a book or a manual? You know, I'm sure... If, if i would have been the christian box store person i'd be like you mean the bible but i <laughs> so they were better than me and so so anyway so they said yeah we do they said uh let us show you this This is called experiencing god anybody ever done this this study yeah i love this is a great great study and uh and they said this you know just hottest thing going right now and i said okay i want i want 10 of these and you just you read a couple of verses a day, you answer some questions, you know I didn't have to teach it, I just kind of facilitated it and and uh I went to ten of my friends and i said look here's here's the deal. I've not been living for Jesus, and God has got a hold of my heart, and he's transformed me, and I'm sorry for the way I've been." Uh, uh sinning and living and and therefore uh witnessing to you in that way i'm sorry for that please forgive me and i would like to do better i'm gonna have a bible study and they uh you know frankly none of my friends were like oh good for you cody they were all like oh you you joined a cult uh, i mean you know because it was radical it was crazy radical transformation uh, but that night four of their or that that first week four of the 10 that i invited came to a bible study at my house And we begin to walk through... Uh, This Bible study called Experiencing God Together. When I got to my first uh, church, uh, the pastor was leading an Experiencing God group. I did it again. I've done it several times since. And and I want to show you in the very back of it, it's got kind of the overline of the the outline of Experiencing God. And I want to use that as our outline today because we are going to, you and I are going to go through in a very rapid fashion. You're going to get to see this play out. This is how you experience God. And so let me explain this outline. We'll come back to it several times, but it really is helpful to take notes and and understand what this is. God, number one, God is always working. Jesus is always working. Behind the scenes working. I know many times it doesn't feel like it. I know many times you don't see it, but God is working. 100% of the time, God is working. And in that work, we would think, well, we'll just follow along with him. But God goes in this straight path, and we go in this crooked path in order to, to experience God. And the way that that works is, as God works, he seeks out, number two, a love relationship with you and I. God is working circumstances and people. God is working moments in your life. God is working many times where Satan is working against it. God is so abundantly able that God even works with what Satan's doing to bring you to Jesus Christ. God is working, and he is working for a relationship with you. And number three, he is inviting you into that relationship. He really and truly wants you to know who he is. He truly wants to show you and reveal to him uh, to you himself his character, his grandeur, his majesty. God is working and inviting you into that relationship. Now, many times we don't see that. Frankly, most of the time it's not the way we want it to be, but we are assured that these are true that he is working and inviting Number four, the Bible said he focuses on the life of Moses. And so, if you know that story, God encountered, he encountered God uh, in a burning bush and God spoke to him. And so, number four is God speaks. God speaks. He's not just behind the scenes inviting you through circumstances and things like, what's that God? Was that? No, no, no. This is a burning bush moment. You know for sure that God is speaking. You don't walk away from a number four God speaks and go, was that God? You know. I mean, God just showed up in a burning bush. Now, we have the Word of God today, and so we are able to uh, consistently be in this stage where God is speaking to us because we know that God is showing us and God is speaking us through the Word of God. So God's going to do that today. God's going to speak to you and show you some things in this text, in in His will and His desire for you, He's going to speak. But here's where your turn comes in. Number five, it causes a crisis of belief. When God speaks, I've never known him to go, hey, I just want you to know you're doing perfect, everything's fine. that that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. In fact, hey, I need you to know that I'm about to do something different. I'm about to do something new and wonderful. I need you to know something of my character you've never known in the past. I want to show you something in your life that I would like you to give up. I want to show you something in your life that I'd like you to take on. God speaks to us, and this this causes this crisis of belief. I mean, even today, let's be honest. Even me, so many times you're just like, I'm going to church. And we don't really think, many times, let's be honest, like, I'm going to go meet with God, and he's going to tell me some stuff. But that happens, and it's going to happen today. God's going to speak to you, and it's going to cause this crisis of belief. The reason is number six, it's going to cause you to have to adjust. It's going to cause you to have to adjust. Maybe your expectations of what you thought God wanted or what you wanted God to do for you. Some of you, it might be like, I thought God was this way, and all of a sudden I see in Scripture that He is this. Some of you, you're like, I had plans I wanted to do this and this. And God says, no, I want you to do this. Some of you had no plans. You're like, it's Sunday. What are you doing the rest of the day? Whatever I want, no plans. And God's saying, no, I've got plans for you. It takes an adjustment. It truly takes you to adjust the way that you think, the way that you want, What you, because he speaks to you so clearly. But I need you to understand something. I'm going to lead you through this today. The only way to get to number seven is where we... Uh, he calls us to adjust so number seven we obey the only way to experience god is obey the only way to experience god is obey and he's going to take us through this paradigm today and the words um when you read the bible the words uh, that pop up like frequently over and over again you you can be assured okay that's a major theme of this this Text. i want you to look when we look in the text we're going to be in first corinthians chapter 12 today he's going to say the words same or one over and over and over again you're it's the same or there's one way it's 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 translated many uh same way but it's this idea of like hey this is, in other words this is for all of us that god's going to do this this is not the special snowflake sermon This is all of us are in the same boat together This is how God works for each of our lives And this is what God's going to do And he is the same God He speaks in the same way And he's going to do the same thing And it's going to cause you a crisis You're going to need to adjust in order to obey him So I want us to look first at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 We're going to pick it up in verse 3 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 Jesus said, or Paul says to the church, therefore I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one says Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The only way to say Jesus is Lord is when the Spirit of God comes into you. The Spirit of God draws you in that you would proclaim the name of Jesus as the Lord of your life this is what he does the spirit of God points us and draws us in to asking Jesus to be the Lord of our life God God is working God God uses good circumstances many times God uses uh, bad circumstances sometimes but today he's going to use a very special circumstance like we know exactly what he's going to use to begin this conversation and this drawing in to go hey Jesus is Lord what is that? Let's look at verse 13. The Bible says in verse 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we're all given one spirit to drink. So I want you to notice here that the Bible says we are all baptized by one spirit, one body. We are all given into this body of Christ. So the idea here is that we are all baptized into one family or body. God wants you to be baptized into the family of God. He wants you to show your faith today. We had two that did it uh, in the early service. We'll have more that do it. And so he wants us to be baptized into the family of God today and show that to the world. Now I want to show you what this looks like and and why this is important because um, I realized uh, we we actually designed this building in several different ways and and, and I just kind of gotten in a rut a little bit and uh, we want to baptize in multiple places. In, 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 this, in this building. And so you've always seen us baptized in this room. And in fact, I mean, we installed water down here. There's a water heater back there. So it's in a, a pump that drains it very easy to do. But we also designed this that we would baptize in the lobby as well. And the reason is, is I got to thinking, you guys have seen already, we've baptized, counting the two this morning, 27 already this year. You've seen 27 people get baptized. But guess what? In the children's ministry, they haven't seen them. They haven't seen them. The people who are most likely to get baptized aren't getting to watch this witness for the world. And so we're going to baptize out in the lobby after services so that you can br- go get your children, you can show them a baptism, and they're going to have that beginning spiritual conversation. What does this mean? What is this? I mean, parents, I saw parents, I sent you a video this week. If you're on any of our email lists, we sent you a video this week of how to talk to your kids about salvation because we want the Spirit of God to begin this conversation with your children and be like, hey, what's going on here? Let me explain to you, son. Let me explain to you, daughter. If you didn't get it, it means we have your, your, uh, an old email or you know it was written wrong, something like that. Because we want to show you, and I want to help you bring your children into faith in Jesus Christ. Begin this spiritual conversation with them. And by, by being baptized, you are witnessing to all of them. Now, what's interesting about baptism, uh, whenever you look at a list of, of the ways that people are um, most afraid of, the things that people are most afraid of, one of the top of the list, if not the number one thing, it's usually number two, is um, people are afraid of public speaking. People are afraid of public speaking. Some of you, if I looked at you right now and said, hey, Bob, why don't you come up here and give a word? You'll be like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out forever, for always. I mean, now some of you are like, I'd like to speak, and you're probably the one we don't want. So, uh, to be real, <laughs> let's be honest, all right? That was not in my notes. It just came out. It's hilarious. Uh, so <laughs> I make myself laugh. Uh, so, uh, but, but what's funny about that is that number two, one or two is public speaking. Number three is death. That means that there are a lot of people who are more afraid of public speaking than, are, than of death. I mean, think about that for a second. You're like, I would rather die than say hi. I mean, that's crazy. You, you know, but so, so, and God knows that people are wired. There are many people that are wired not to be in front of people. That's just how they're designed. But he wants you to give this testimony. So what we don't do is say, hey, you got saved last week. Why don't you come up and preach the sermon? You're not going to do it. But you are when you're baptized, when you're baptized. You're preaching the most powerful sermon there is. You are telling people, hey, Jesus was crucified on the cross, was buried in a tomb, was resurrected from the dead, and I know this not from a story of others. I have experienced this in my life. I have experienced God in my life. And it's this powerful, powerful, powerful testimony. And it's so important that you don't put it off. I think we live in a day, especially if you're kind of a, um, like a, a social media person. We live in this day where you, you want to curate this image and this picture. And, and that, you, you know, like we want to make sure everything's perfect and all, you know, and God, the moment that God says to do something, we are to obey. The moment that God speaks to us, we have this crisis of belief. We've got to adjust and obey. It's important. He's got, a, he's got a timing mechanism in what he's doing and why he's doing that. So let me give you a, a great story from the early, early days of River Valley. This is back when we were meeting in a mill elementary, only in one service back in those days, maybe a hundred uh, people. And we had eight people to be baptized. And it was a December or a January I don't remember the exact date, but I remember it was super, super cold. And as we looked at the weather forecast, we knew it was going to be cold. And in the Mill Elementary, there's a kind of a courtyard there, so we could kind of get out of the the wind a little bit. But we baptized outside. Uh, we didn't baptize uh, inside. And so so we're like, what are we going to do? So we had it figured out. We'd done this before. And there was a guy in our church, and he had one of the uh, spray rigs, like a commercial spray rig. And uh, it heated the water, like super fast and super hot. And so he could use the spray rig to fill up the baptism, but it was this heated water as well. Well, that's fantastic. So so now you get baptized in this nice, warm water. As soon as you get out, we wrap you up in the towel and take you inside. It's, it's, it's pretty easy. Well, that morning it got so cold that the, the, it, it froze, and he said the heaters broke. Oh, eight people and family and all this are, are around, and so everybody's like, well, I guess we'll just do it. I was like, no, no, we will not. We're not putting it off. We are not putting it off. Now, let me tell you one of the people that we were baptizing. He was a man, he was uh, in his 80s, early 80s at the time. He had gotten saved in his 80s. That's amazing. He was also a prisoner of war from the Korean War. He was captured by the enemy and taken to a prisoner of war camp and had had several of his toes amputated because of frostbite. He had served our country valiantly and had paid a price to do it. And this man had gotten saved and baptized, but he could not be in that cold of water. Like you know, it literally would have would have greatly hurt him. And so I was like, here's what we're doing. Move the baptism from the, we were going to do it before service, we're going to move it to the end of service. And stop making coffee, which, let's be honest, sounds sacrilegious. Uh, yeah, right? And so, and instead, we had these big five-gallon, you know, those big five-gallon uh, uh, jugs of water that we would make coffee with. And so what we started doing is we started running just water through our coffee machine and filling up these carafes with hot water. And it got them pretty hot. And we would fill up a craft of water And I was preaching and they were working on this the whole time And then they'd go dump it in the baptistry And then they'd fill one up and they'd go dump it In the baptistry and all service I'm preaching and I'm watching them in the back Do these you know one or two at a time And filling them up and tell me the temperature And they were touching it was getting a little you know At first it was super cold And then it was cool and then it was tepid And I was like how's it going there like no and I was like And that brings me to point fifty-eight. Yeah you know in my sermon right you know everybody's like wrap it up and I was like in Jesus' loves you and you know i got i'm so out of stuff to say but but the water is not ready you know and so finally we get it pretty warm and and uh we go and and uh and we baptize all eight of those people it's fairly warm water and uh, we baptize an 80 year old prisoner of war who has gone on he has deceased he is in heaven right now man that is a great i love that story but here's what I thought about when I was thinking about that story. Who was it that day? Who was it that day that was watching and was like, whoa, this is important. This isn't, hey, when everything's right and the moment is good and no problems exist, you might want to think about following Jesus. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the picture of that day. It was following Jesus. Sometimes it was hard because a crisis of belief. So, Following Jesus causes adjustment. You need to, to change. But when you do that, that, that powerful testimony to the world, who was it that day that saw an 80-year-old man with, with no toes because of frostbite that didn't get baptized because it was too cold? I was challenged by that. Who was it that adjusted? Who was it that accepted Jesus because of their testimony? you're going to get that opportunity today. I'm telling you, right where you are, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you're going to have the opportunity, right, in a few moments. If you have accepted Jesus, but you've never followed that event with baptism by immersion, that means under the water, I want you to do that today. I want to encourage you to do that today for you because I want you to experience God but also for the testimony of who else is in the room or who else is watching that needs that testimony of who would follow Jesus Christ today. Don't, don't put it off. Don't wait. I mean, let, let, let's, let's, you know, use a, just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of Christian guilt and shame uh, here to, to, I mean, we're inside today. The heater's working today. I mean, everything's ready. We have these great bathrooms for you to change. You're like, I didn't bring any clothes. We bought shorts in every size, from children small to, to Cody. Uh, right. Uh, we've, we've got shirts for you in there. I mean, we've got towels for everybody. I mean, this is it. It really and truly is. And I, I have no idea why God chose this day. But I'm telling you, some of you right now, you're going through this crisis of belief. You're like, should I? Should, what, you know what? I, I was playing on this. I was thinking about this. I was, uh, you, you know, like and all of these things, man, adjust, that's where you experience God. All of us. The Bible says they were all baptized into one body. Be baptized into the family of God. We want to see you. Now, many of you have done that. I want to I show you something that I think God's going to use this sermon for uh, as well today. Once he does that, he does it. God, God is amazing. God just saved these people from their sins. Like He set them free. Like they, they are clean before, they have a, a clean before God. They have a relationship with God the Father for them. And then look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. He says, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Think about that. He just gave them salvation, and now he's giving them another gift. It's a spiritual gift. This is what we call spiritual gifts. Man, I mean, the Bible uses the word often of gifts. He lavishes gifts on us. I mean, he just keeps pouring, you're like, salvation and a gift. And the gift today, he says, it's a manifestation of the one God. It's a manifestation of God. You're gonna get the spirit of God who comes inside of you and he's going to give you a manifestation of who he is and what he does. And you're gonna get this powerful spiritual gift. From this, uh, in this chapter, it goes on to some of the spiritual gifts. There's other lists in the text and I I don't wanna read all of those because I don't wanna leave any out and it's an unexhaustive list anyway. But he gives you these abilities of these gifts, these spiritual gifts in your life. And he wants you to, to discover what they are. He wants you to, to know what they are, to be, to be used of God. And, and we need you. Not everyone has the same gift. And I mean, it really is, when you discover your spiritual gift and how God wired you, it, it's like, oh, it's almost like now I know why I'm here. Now I know. So, so how, do you, how do you find out what your spiritual gift is? Well, you, you ask God. I mean, you're like, what's, what's my spiritual gift? But here's the deal. I, I you know God's God he can do anything he wants but I've never known him to tell someone that says what's my spiritual gift He doesn't tell you what the gift is That would be information You'd be like hey God what's my gift and he'd go in this list. It's like the gift of mercy Oh, okay. I mean that's all it would be right. You're like, oh, okay. All right Gift of leadership. Oh good. I get to be the boss, you know that kind of thing, right? No, 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 no. He doesn't tell you the gift that's information He shows you an opportunity that's action. So instead of him going, you have this gift, you have this gift, he shows you an opportunity. You begin to discover your spiritual gifts when you begin to walk into the opportunities that are presented before you. Now, I really worked this, man, I've been working this, like, I could not figure out what to say next during this sermon, I don't I, you know i I write a lot of sermons I mean I'm like and then I should say something yeah you, you know that's how it works right and 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 uh, I couldn't and this this morning, I heard the greatest testimony of of what God has done in an opportunity uh in our church, and so I want to introduce to you, uh, you met him during the the announcements. This is Ben Johnson, he is our executive pastor, and so uh yeah, yeah, so nice. Your your mother-in-law's in in this side. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) My mom loves me too. All right, just tell them the story, man. Uh, (laughs)
0: That's funny. Yeah, so uh, it was a neat, I mean, it's what this is, is an opportunity uh, that happened Friday. And so um, a little backstory with that is my wife got really, really sick Thursday night and uh, Friday was just really not well and and yesterday getting a little bit better, but she was just, uh, man... uh, not feeling good at all. And so there was a moment Friday, <clears throat> you know, kids and I are hanging out and stuff and I was just like, Man, I really gotta run up to the church and grab this thumb drive and this other thing that I that I left up here and so, um, you know, I I don't I'm like, dirty, like I haven't even taken a shower. I'm wearing flip-flops and stuff, you know, which is like you all the time, right? Right, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, but no uh, you know, I wasn't cleaned up and stuff, and so I've got my three-year-old and my, uh, my oldest boy, Cress uh, and Bosley, you know, are coming with me. And so the idea, you know, is just like, I'm going to run up here real quick, run to the office, grab the thing, get home, you know, make sure Ashley's doing okay. And so we get up here, and I pull up, and uh, there's a family. It's two... Uh, couples, probably in their 60s, um, you know, as I talk with them and stuff, they're from India originally, and then um, they live in Houston, but they're going to Austin to see one of their daughters, and they're sitting out here at this table just outside the front offices here, you see that under the tree, Um, you know, just walked up and said hi and, you know, uh, welcome, and they told me a little bit of their story and just... You know, told them like, "Hey, you can come in and eat if you want." They were eating lunch, and um, you know, use our restrooms, whatever the case may be. And they they were so sweet. They were just like, "Hey, you, do you like Indian food? Do you want to sit here and eat with this? And we had just had Chick Fil A, you know, and um, God's Chicken, as Josh calls it, and Jason <laughs> calls it, and so um, and so. We were like, "No, nah, we, we just ate, it, but thank you." And they were like, "No, take at least some of this dessert." And. And with your boys, and so we had some with them there, and just kind of got to talk a little bit, but then I came in and was grabbing all the stuff and uh, and then right after that, they did come in and wanted to use the restrooms and stuff, and just started asking me questions you know and it wasn't pretty you know if I was I don't do this all the time either. I don't get it right all the time. And uh, because, I mean, my kids are, like, running through my legs and playing chase, you know. And, again, I haven't bathed or anything. And, um, you know, and so sometimes you're thinking, like, I got to go. You know, like, my wife's probably wondering, like, where are you? This is going to take five minutes. And, um, but, you know, they just started asking questions. And it was just this beautiful thing where they were, like is this a school? Are you the principal? Because we didn't see a steeple, you know, and uh, when I started telling them, like, it's actually a church, and they were asking, you know, so should we call you father or priest? And so we started talking about that because they they shared with me that they they come from a Hindu faith, and that's what they um, practice, and and so we started talking about the difference, and and one of the ladies mentioned, you know, well, we're very, very similar because if you can just do good, and I I love that y'all are raising your kids in this, you know, have a great children's mission, can teach them that culture. If we can just do good, you know, we're very similar, and I I got an opportunity to be like, well, not really, because the foundation of everything we do here is Jesus. It's not about being a good person. It's about following him and what he's going to do in our life and everything Cody's been talking about here. But it was this beautiful, easy moment where my... I didn't feel this need to like, well, you got to believe exactly what I believe. I'm going to tell you everything. You're wrong. You know, it was it was just not this cancel culture thing that we're a part of so much now, but just this beautiful conversation. And they were so gracious. And I got to walk them through here. They wanted to see the place and tell them a little bit about what we do. And, and I want to encourage y'all with that too, because God was just kind of sharing with me. Man, like when you give to River Valley, you know, we do things like this. We build space and we use it on Sunday mornings like this, uh, of course, but we also do things like, you know, we had an award ceremony here a few weeks ago, and there was a few people I met there that they came in and were just like, this is great. What time are your service times on Sunday? And I've seen them in the last couple of weeks. And so when you give, you know, you create opportunities like that with ministry. And we use this space for so many things. And, and I got to talk with this family about that and seeing all the different things we do here and took them out in the lobby. And again, my kids are like playing hide and go seek under the wooden tables out there. So, you know, it wasn't this like perfect picturesque moment, but God used it, and, and there wasn't this massive conversion experience uh, there today, but he used us to have a very blatant, honest conversation about faith in Jesus, and I got to hear about, you know, their their faith and their experience and to share the gospel very clearly, and then one thing that happened afterwards, and they were just so, they were like, can we make an appointment to come some Sunday? And I was like, no, just show up, you know, just like, you can sit wherever, just show up, and so it was this neat, organic conversation, but even afterwards, um, we were going home, and, and my oldest boy, Cress, and we've really been praying with him. I've shared with this with a lot of you is, you know, he's right there with just giving his life to Jesus and, and hasn't quite done it yet. And so, you know, he says, man, that was random that this family was just there. And I, I got to share with him, I felt God just kind of pricked my heart there and go, well, buddy, that's what we would call a God moment. You know, that's an ordained moment to just share faith and just be Jesus and to be kind, because they were, they were expressive about, man, y'all are so hospitable and nice, and everybody on the staff here that greeted them. And so that did my heart good, and it was just an honor to be a part of it. So it was neat. So the
1: idea is the opportunities in front of you. So to clarify, you don't have a ministry to wayward travelers from the continent of Asia. No. no uh, you, you, okay, so that's not your calling, right? Yeah, yeah, not your calling, right? Yeah, that's right. Anyone who gives me dessert, I'll help. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk. And, Food? And, but, but that opportunity was there, and it, it worked out greatly. Yeah. So thank That's you, man. Sweet. That's yeah, awesome. I love it. I love it. And, it, I mean, that was Friday right here. That was Friday, right? Like, there's this moment of, like, God just just, there's, there's something in front. And, and every one of us, I mean, you think about it, put yourself in this. Every one of us at River Valley would have known what to do. Like, just be nice. Let them use the bathroom. Get, get them a water. Just, you, you know, show them around. Talk to them about Jesus. Maybe something, you know, will develop from that. But, but how many of you, like, did you pick up on the back? The crisis of faith, the crisis of belief was, but my sick wife is at home. Right? I, I've got to adjust. I've got to change some plans. It, that's always how it happens. It happens like that every single time without Incident. So some of you, you're like, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. I would like to know. And, and I tell you, you know, you, it, ask God, and, and He's going to show you some opportunities in front of you. And over time, an opportunity of ministry leads to an empowered ministry. An empowered ministry. See, part of the reason that God sent Ben up to our church campus to do that and not me. Was we have we have what we call the culture index, which is a, a personality tool, and the man who helps our, our consultant helps me do it. When we hired Ben, he uh, he said to me, he said, "Hey, he's going to be really different than you. Everyone's going to love Ben." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay. Which is you, you know, I was like, and and you, anyone who I mean, he's so hospitable, he's so kind, he, he just is is got an empowered ministry of of making people feel welcome and warm he really does way better way better than me he's got an empowered ministry because he takes opportunities and so if you're going to really and truly seek after god if you're going to really and truly try like god what do you want me to do and ask that question then i need you to think about that list like he's going to speak but he it's going to cause a crisis of faith and an adjustment and here's what i'm challenging you when you ask god god what are my what are my gifts what's my ministry Here's what I want to challenge you. It's going to be try something new. Do something hard. Say yes to the scary. God is not going to say in your crisis of belief, everything's fine. Just keep on. He's going to say, let's do something new. And it's going to be, it's not going to be the new that you think and that you offer him. It's going to be something unexpected and it's going to be hard. And you're going to have to say yes to the scary. If you really and truly want to find your gifts, if you really and truly want to find how God wants to use you and empowers you for ministry, those moments come and you pray and then God shows up supernaturally and you know you're like, man, God is speaking. Like this is a golden opportunity. This is amazing. This this is once in a lifetime, literally, I've got to do something new and it's going to be hard and I'm a little scared. That's how it always happens. That's how it always happens. But those people who walk through that are the people who find their gift, who find their ministry. A lot of times you you just you go and you do something and you're like, that's not really my gift. I was I did the best I could empowered by the Spirit, but it wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't all, but there's other moments where you walk in. I'll never forget preaching a, a I was brand new in the faith, man. A brand new preaching anyway. And it was this big rally with all these students. I mean hundreds and hundreds and one of my friends who was very shy I looked out out the curtain he was like there's, there's hundreds of kids out there and they're wild and rowdy and he's like aren't you scared and I'll never forget that moment thinking no I'm not I was born for this this is why God made me not please not I'm awesome but like I knew I knew I knew but long before I stood up before hundreds I went to a nursing home and I talked to people who are in the nursing home and I taught a Bible study there My first official ministry was 15 students in a student ministry in a portable building outside of a little church in Abilene, Texas. You open up those opportunities, you find this empowered ministry. So here's what I want to do in closing today. I want you to put that slide back up there and just leave it, please. And we're going to pray through this, this slide. And we're gonna pray through these different elements. And the reason we're gonna do this is because I'm gonna ask you to just kind of identify where is God showing you that he's working among us and among you yourself. So I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet and we're just gonna pray through this, this uh, template today of how God works so that we can experience God. Number one, God is always working. God is always working. You can be assured That Jesus is on the throne, but he is not aloof and far off looking down from heaven. That he is right now working amongst us. He is working for you. He's working in your family, in this church, in this place. Praise God this morning that he is a working God. Number two. God seeks a love relationship with each one of us. While he is working on the overall global plan of his glory, that doesn't mean that he is in any way forgotten about you and the part that he wants you to play in that. God is truly looking to you and seeking a love relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise him for that. Acknowledge that. three, God invites us into that relationship. And he does that through number four, speaking. God is speaking today and inviting you to join him so that you can know him more fully, even if you are a believer. Some of you, so that you would know him for the first time. And just like this picture, we don't know him by standing up face to face. We know him by bowing our knees as superior, that you are Lord Jesus. And he's speaking. Some of you, he's telling you, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ today. He said no one, in the very first, no one can say Jesus is cursed by the spirit. What does the spirit work? So that you would say Jesus is Lord. Some of you, the spirit is knocking on your heart right now. And he's saying, I want you to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. He died on the cross for your sins. He was buried in the tomb. He came alive on the third day. Jesus is Lord. Call out to him if you've never experienced salvation in that way. Some of you, he's speaking, he's saying you've done that, but I want you today to stand up and be baptized. I want you to, to witness I'm not asking you to give a speech. I'm asking you to give a pictorial story of the gospel of Jesus. He was buried, resurrected from the dead, and that happened in my life. What's God speaking to you right now? Some of you is that You've come to this place not expecting God to work, kind of just kind of for church. I get, I, get, I do that. I mean, I get in that habit and it's every seven days. It's, it, today's just reminding you, no, 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 no. I'm working and I want you to join me in my work. I've given you spiritual gifts. I've given you a ministry, like a significant ministry here at River Valley. For the kingdom of God. Number five that leads to a crisis of belief. I want you to right now just acknowledge to God. Here's what I hear you saying, and here's all the excuses that I kind of have. Here's the. Here's the, maybe I'm angry. Maybe I'm disappointed. Maybe I'm. Maybe I, I thought it would be different, or you would say something else, and and. And, and whatever whatever's the disconnect between what God is showing you and speaking to you and what you are feeling and wanting to say back to Him, just be honest and say that. Like, I'm having a crisis of belief moment right now, Jesus. Number six is adjust. Number six is Adjust. I'm going to be like a coach for a second. A coach loves you enough to tell you hard things because they love you and they want you to be better. And a good coach, they're not being mean for mean's sake. They're being truthful and honest for growth's sake. We live in a world where very few people tell us, you you really stunk that up. You're really doing a bad job. We live in a world where we would rather be lied to and say we're fine than told the truth because it's hurt. it hurts. And a coach always chooses, I'm going to tell you the truth in love so that you can hear, so that you can adjust. And here's my word for you. If you know what God is speaking to you and you know where your crisis of belief is, there are two answers that you can give him. Okay, God, I'll follow you now or no that's the two options that you have God I'll follow you right now or I will follow you no but here's the coach in me some of you are thinking that there's a third option that says I'll do it later God I know you're speaking to me and I know you want me to give my life to Jesus I know you want me to be baptized I know you want me to step out into a new ministry in a new way and I want to do that And as a coach, I'm not going to let you have that option this morning. When God chooses to speak, he wants you to adjust and obey. Saying later is saying no. That's all it is. That, That option is not before you. He would much rather you say no to him than kind of this ethereal, oh, later on, I'll do that thing. When is that? He comes to you in this moment. Says, This is the time. This is the moment. The Bible says God ordains our days. And the times are set by him. I don't know why he chose this moment for you to be baptized. I don't know why he chose this moment for you to step up. And really and truly start living for him in an empowered type of ministry. As opposed to just I kind of come and do some things when I you know. Nothing else is going on. I I know he's choosing that moment for many of you. No or now. Adjust. Answer him. Number seven, obey and experience. If you obey Jesus, you are going to experience God. It's the reason for the name of the Bible study. you want to experience God? I mean, it really is then obey. What is God telling you to do? If you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, ask Him to be your Lord. Forgive your sins. If you need to be baptized today by immersion after salvation to show, the Bible says repent and be baptized. It's always in that order. In the first service I had a man and he said, I was in the military. He said, we were scared we were gonna die and one of my fellow soldiers said have you ever been baptized and he said no and he said you better or you're not gonna go to heaven he said so i was baptized in war and then he said but eight years later i gave my life to jesus christ he said he didn't he you know the guy was doing his best but he just didn't explain it very well and we were we were scared to death he said eight years later i gave my life to jesus christ he said i didn't know that i was supposed to be baptized after salvation do I need to be baptized today? And I said, yes, you do. And he was baptized about 20, uh, an hour ago. Some of you, man, your parents dedicated when you, and you were little, we do the same thing. It's fantastic. We have, we have no bones to pick with that. But salvation happens and then baptism. Some of you need to be baptized after salvation today. Obeying experience. Father, we praise you today for all that you've done in this moment, all that you are about to do. And so I ask you in the strong name of Jesus Christ, help us to follow you with conviction. Help us to be honest about the crisis of belief that we are having within us and to adjust accordingly for you are a God who is always working and inviting us into a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay standing right where you are because we are about to be dismissed. If you gave your life to Jesus Christ today, or I didn't explain it, you need some clarification right out these doors. There's some people in shirts like this. Let them help you do that. If you have never been baptized, we are ready for you. We have shorts, t-shirts, towels, everything you need in every size imaginable for you to follow Jesus and be baptized today in Jesus Christ. It takes an adjustment and I'm going to ask you to make that right now. Go out and find us as soon as we're done and say, I'd like to be baptized bathrooms are right there uh if you are uh none of those apply to you man i'm going to encourage you today go get your kids out of children's ministry and bring them back to watch our baptism don't leave listen i know you've got plans it'll take us 15 minutes to get ready for this But it it begins this spiritual journey. Remember, the Spirit witnesses to us. It's going to happen because we're doing it biblically. And your kids are, what is this? What's going on? Man, bring them up. Show them the water. Explain to them. I sent you a video uh, to help you to do that. If you haven't seen it, make sure we have your uh, email address correct and we'll send it to you. But begin that spiritual conversation because not only are we going to see uh, three who are planning on baptized, but several more of you who are going to get baptized. But it's also going to begin that process for many of our children today as they see that. So, uh, man, I love you. You are dismissed. I'll see you in a
0: few minutes for our baptism. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.